we're going to talk about something here today that truly transformed things for me. I don't, I can't even imagine, Ryan, what I was doing before. And I say that, and it sounds like I'm being overhyped, but it really did simplify things and get the process going for me when I understood this principle here. Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson. So what we're going to be talking about today is two paths, pivoting into attunement. So, Ryan, what are we talking about here when we're talking about these two paths and pivoting into attunement? Well, it's great to be back, first of all. A little bit of uh, time off. Good to be back with you. And, uh, yeah, so so two paths. If you've been around any of my trainings in the last year, uh, you're going to hear pretty familiar stuff here because I'm talking about it all the time. Um, let me tell you where it came from. You ready? It mm -hmm. came from you all. It really came from uh, working with supervisees. And uh, here, here's my overwhelming experience of being an EFT supervisor. You ready? EFT tends to draw some of the best people in the world. Mm. It really does. There's people who, for whatever reason, want to work with the heart. They want, they, they love empathy. They really believe in people. Uh, my favorite thing about EFT, I've always said, is it's very honoring of people. Even when people maybe aren't doing the, the best they ever have, we're, we're working the extra mile to see the good reasons they have to do what they do. And that matters. I think that really matters. So anyway, what I see around the world and literally from continent to continent, uh, the majority of people that I supervise have really, really great clinical skills. They're very empathic. They do sort of the basic level of emotional attunement very well. And their interventions tend to be really good. And EFT uh, doesn't have super fancy interventions, right? We're not doing bilateral stimulation or something. And our interventions are, tend to be humanistic and Rogerian. So my supervisees have really great interventions. So what, what goes offline so often is we get the, we get the two paths backwards. Now, so two paths, this idea is trying to make EFT as simple as possible, qualifier. It's making it more simple than it really is. I understand that. We're trying to deconstruct this a little bit so that we can build it back with clarity. That's the whole point of this episode. Other qualifier, nothing about this idea of two paths is new. This is just a, a way to try to create some clarity to teach the same old EFT model that's been around for 30-something years. So the two paths are number one, let me back up a step. When a relationship, when a distressed relationship is in your office, we have both people's attachment history. We have their relationship history. We have their cycle. We have this positive cycle that's out there in the future somewhere with that, that they have a secure bond. That's all fine and good. But all that, but all that you're really working with is the status of their bond here and now as they sit in front of you, and that and that status is either on one path or another. That is path what I've been calling path one, which is protected, protected and reactive in any way. 
That can be a couple who comes in silently. It can be a couple who comes in escalated. We've kind of addressed this before, particularly in episode nine, mm -hmm. but we wanted to do so more explicitly. So path one is when the, when the current state of the relationship is protected and reactive, you know, marked by the fact that they don't answer your question. Or path two, when people become more vulnerable, more open, more present, more curious as they're starting to feel more secure. The number one thing I see with supervision by far is, is great people, really good clinical skills, just getting these two things backwards. They're working with live emotion and vulnerable emotion, which I would call path two work. And they're still organizing too much or, or the converse is even more true. The relationship is in, a is in a current place of not feeling very safe, very blocked, very protected. And the therapist really doesn't like that. And none of us do because it, it won't work. So the therapist gets too far beyond the leading edge and tries to get them to touch some kind of deep longing before they're ready, inadvertently, inadvertently creating more and more blocks. So kind of like we've said before, but we're going to uh, flesh this out some more today. We are trying to ask the clinician to evaluate and reevaluate multiple times per session, preparing to pivot based on which path you're on and having your path one interventions sort of set up for you and your path two interventions set up for you and knowing which one you're on and attuning and resetting your interventions based on that fact. Correct, 100%. And this just takes me back to Ryan. You know, we talk about, of course, you our favorite, one of our favorite episodes talking about focus. Or when you go to successofvulnerability.com, we talk a lot about focus. This is a part of focus. So you might have an expectancy of what you want to do, but are you focused enough to say, this is where I know we need to go, but you have to be able to say, I know I want to go there. You know, I was in a training with Gail Palmer, and she always says a lot of why stuff. But she was saying she was at a conference with Mario Michelanzer. And he says, all of our clients have islands of security. We just have to be able to go and make connections to those islands of security. And so with me here is we know that they have it. But sometimes the path or the way you travel that path to make those connections is going to be a little bit different. Sometimes you're going to have to work with the protected path. And it's going to be some rough chopping through the jungle. Or sometimes you might have a nice open trail that you get to flow through nice and easily, but you just have to be able to be focused and see what you're working with and how, what that journey is going to look like for that day. I was hanging out with a fellow uh, EFT trainer a few weeks ago uh, who's a good friend. I don't get to see her very often, and we're standing in her backyard, and uh, she was asking me what I've been teaching lately, and I talked about two paths, and she stops and she goes, you know, I think I just do that intuitively. <laughs> And I'm like, absolutely you do. But that's the problem. Not everybody can do that. Mm -hmm. Not everyone can just intuitively grab these, these two paths. And, and, and nothing against what she's saying. I think it's wonderful if you can. But so many of us can't. So many of us need a little different pathway to get to the same result. And my experience is you don't have to be naturally, naturally intuitive to this. You can learn EFT in different ways. It's okay to find a mini model like a tango or steps and stages or two paths, whatever it takes to sort of help you hold on to your process is, is really, really valuable. So for me, I love the, the way to simplify it in this way. 
And not only that, I would say, not everyone can learn it so intuitively, but some people can learn it intuitively to a point, to, to a level of difficulty. But then a relationship comes in beyond that, and it can be really chaotic. And I just see lots of people who actually give up on working with couples, mm-hmm. not because they don't love it, and it's not because a model doesn't work. They're just getting confused right here. Mm-hmm. And I don't, know, I don't care how good your interventions are. If you're on the wrong path, you're going to feel really, really lost and stuck. You ever felt lost and stuck, James? Oh, for sure. Me too. And I just want to think I want to come back in and say that for you as listeners, I do think there has been like this generational progression with EFT in some ways. So I do appreciate the trainers and people who have been not just trainer, but supervisors as well, who have been in EFT for a long time because their work and their collaborative process of studying this and getting better and sharing ideas Um, They did have to kind of, maybe there was not someone that kind of helped with some of those parts, right? But now what I appreciate what we're trying to do on this podcast and other people we work with and other trainers are doing is that we're trying to say, wait a minute, we've taken a lot lot of time and we've observed our own process. And now we want to share something with you that clarified the process and made it simpler for us and then pass that on to you. That's absolutely right. And the more clear we can get it, the longer we can keep really really wonderful people in the game that's right and we keep wonderful people in the game we're going to change lives that's what we're here to do Mm -hmm. so let's take a quick break james do you want more help getting focused in your work with relationships and distress but you need it to fit into your already busy schedule and you want it to be affordable check out successandvulnerability.com Success and Vulnerability is an excellent online video-based curriculum developed by a team of EFT trainers, supervisors, and therapists who share their unique insights and therapeutic styles to help you succeed at working with relational distress. The SV program is for therapists at all stages of development who want to grow in their ability to work with emotional and relational distress. Success and Vulnerability is also a great tool to help supervisors increase their effectiveness and supervision to help give focus expert feedback for to help people get better in their work with couples and families and even individuals success and vulnerability uses multiple forms of learning from didactic to experiential exercises and actual clinical cases with commentary to help you learn the micro moves of emotionally focused therapy We look forward to be a part of helping you and your clients have success where it matters most in vulnerability. All right. So two paths and learning to pivot back and forth. It's it's one of the last things I think about right before my rear end hits my, hits my chair. I'm like, all right, let's jump in. Where is this relationship today? Right, So we start off our session, like we've said before, we offer our summary, and, the, and one member of that couple is going to let you know really quickly. you got to pay attention to all the ways they communicate, their body language, their tone of voice, the way their eyes look at you or do not look at you, mm-hmm. how they look at each other. Their speed would be the biggest one. They come in, they're real fast. Their eyes are darting back and forth. They're giving you signals. They're on path. They're reactive. They're protective. The first thing that comes to mind for me is I need to get control. I need to have an active stance here. We've said that before on here. A lot of us are trained 
uh, with really good grad programs or supervisors, but really we're probably more designed for individuals. In individual therapy, I rarely think to myself, I need to take control. I need to be active here. There's just much more space to process and really sort of explore all the angles of this. And, that, and you'll find that true sometimes in path two with couples, but not so much in path one. You know, if, if you take the humanistic piece out of this model or any therapeutic model for that matter, when you're working with relationships, if you take all the humanistic stuff out, which you wouldn't want to do, it's a battle between two maps. I have my map, which is the EFT process, the map towards a secure bond. I know for sure that this pathway, this map, takes relationships, if they can come along and trust it, to corrective experiences where both people feel safer, seen, heard, responded to, and secure. And couples will stun you when they get there, what they're capable of in a good way. So that's what my map gives me. Guess what map the couple uses? Their cycle. Mm -hmm. So this is this battle between my map, my secure bond map, and their sort of uh, learned instinct, I would say, or adaptive way of being. So if they're on path one, if they're moving too quickly, if they're reactive, I need to lean forward, honor quickly the fact that I just got blocked, but take control of that session and run through my path one interventions. Mm -hmm. That making sense, James? 100%. I just got out of a supervision this morning, <laughs> and this protected path was it was so alive. And the person, as we were going and we were reviewing the case, this was kind of like the presentation at the beginning. Uh, the therapist is trying to work with the husband, and the husband's like, hey, I could be there for her, if she would just not do this, if she would just change her tone, if she would just not say these things, because when she does that, it makes my anger come out. And and the therapist wants to work with the husband on the anger and the good reasons why the anger has been there. And like it comes from this rejection that this husband felt from being even as a little boy. And it, the therapist wants to pass over like this vulnerability. But the wife is like, nope. I hear that, I get that, but there's no way I can ever validate that because if I validate that, then I'm never going to be nurtured. I'm never going to be cherished, this kind of part. So they both have this very strong protected stance. And I say, hey, that was great what you tried to do. But with each one of them, they're in a very protected place. And what they're asking you to do is get my partner to stop protecting themselves the way that they are. And I'll stop doing my protection, but I cannot drop my protection they're not saying this explicitly, but it's hard for them to drop their protection because they're not sure if the, if the thing is going to stop. So you've got to go be able to work and make that protection clear, explicit, honor it, and the good function behind it. And even that might be your success for the day. Yeah, great words, James, as usual. I'll, I'll ruin the rest of our careers if you're going to work with distressed relationships. All people really want is, to, is therapists, please make my partner quit doing their protection moves. Mm -hmm. That's really all our clients are asking for forever, mm -hmm. right? And it makes good sense, right? The most important person in your life is now protecting themselves from you. What's that say about you, mm -hmm. right? So, and yet it's not quite that simple, is it? Mm -hmm. And then when it's like the very way that they protect themselves, it just has this funny way to play out with couples sometimes. The very way you protect yourself, and particularly with this couple, 
it had strong triggers that not tied only into this relationship, but past trauma and pain that they had experienced. And so for that therapist, it was your work this day is going to be to kind of go and work with them and honor, make that protection so explicit and that you see it, that you can validate it, even if their partner can't, you as a therapist can't, you can make it a little bit more clear until you see if they get some space where they can open. It's good. So wherever you are right now, maybe you're in a room or maybe you're in your car listening. If you're in your car listening, please watch for traffic. That's <laughs> uh, extra. Uh, all right. So, uh, but just imagine if you're, if you're looking at a wall like I am in our little studio, or if you're looking at a windshield, you know, on the left side is path one. You know, I just mm-hmm. want you to kind of track down some of your moves for path one. On the right side is path two. Reviewing here, path one is a protected, reactive relationship. Path two is a more of an open, vulnerable, present relationship. And remember, every couple the rest of your life will start off in one of those two paths, but it might pivot three times in one session. Mm -hmm. And my job is to pivot with that, to be on the path that they are on. They choose the path, not me. My map is just generally trying to take them to path two. So the first rule of thumb I think about on path one is I need to get active. If they're blocked, if they're protected, if they are, um, you know, reactive, I need to get up forward out of my chair and take some control before too long. You know, three or four or five sentences, okay. But if I sit back and, and, the, and one party makes their 37th statement of, about negative things about their partner, I may not get that session back. And uh, that's that's bad day. So the first rule of thumb is jump in there. Let's go. Come on, therapist. They're protected. They're reactive. Get in there. Don't don't have them have the same conversations they have at home in my office. The second thing is go to where they are, not where I want them to be. I was doing an externship three or four months ago. So funny. We were we were talking the night before. Uh, if you've been to an EFT externship, first of all, I would really encourage you to if you haven't. And if you have, go to another one. I went to 37 externships before I became a trainer. And I, you know what? I got better every time. So, you know, facilitate, whatever it is. Anyway, so the night before we have a live consult come in, I'm making this point to myself and a group of uh, supervisors and facilitators that are there. You know, if a couple's reactive, you got to go to where they are, not where you want them to be. And wouldn't you know it, my couple comes in in a nice but protected state. Being friendly and being vulnerable are different things. Hmm. Very friendly, very nice, very not willing to risk. I'm so thankful that my body relaxes in that moment. My body says to myself, isn't that a funny thing? I sound a little, like get my meds right there. I'm a little psychotic. Anyways. Multiple personalities. So anyway, my body says to myself, "Oh, that's path one. I know how to work path one." There you go. And instantly, I'm like, "Let me let me jump in here with you." So take control. And then, secondly, just reflecting where they are. Work with the protection for a while uh, before we try to get people to go to a new place, right? So a lot of matching. You can't be static as a therapist. We may need to go up and match anger. Mm-hmm. We may need to. You know, reflect things like, this is not okay. Something's got to change. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to be willing to be dynamic like that. And now I'm going to stop you. So be ready to contain. All right. So in path one, we want to use things like temp or assembly, affect assembly. 
uh, or we've been nicknaming that temp. We want to use that more often. We want to get that live, vivid, somatic trigger of the partner. Mm-hmm. Like what is actually starting this cycle? We want to track that cycle like good old EFT has been doing for 30 or 40 years. Now on path one, using that cycle extensively is really key. 90% of the questions I get from supervisees in EFT is what do you do with this? What about this? What about that? What they're really saying is, or usually the answer is put that in the cycle. I don't have an answer. I don't have a magic pill for that content issue 47. 3.997 it's like put that in the cycle show them how it fits together show them how that non-useful behavior connects to pain and how it connects to the partner right so this is that path one line if someone's really really stuck on there repetitively reflect their attachment dilemma like we talked about several episodes back so repetitively reflect your attachment dilemma. I was working with a pursuer three hours ago, and I just said, hey, I said, hey, I see you, man. I see you. When you try to fight for closeness, it makes everything worse. He nods his head yes. And then I say, but if you do nothing, nothing happens. And he goes, he sends both arms at me. It's like, ah, oh, thank you. And it's like he's been holding this frustration of this dilemma for decades all by himself and to witness that pain and to stay with where his stuckness is before I try to move him starts the change process. And that's key. So catch what Ryan just said. That's that particularly when I think about this, I know there's a reactive, like the visibly heightened reactive state, but even sometimes it won't, it might not present that way. The protection can be, you know, whatever, just whatever. But I want to go with what Ryan just said to highlight that, to make it clear. What Ryan did there is he took the guy's protection instead of like trying to get him out of it. He's like, I see the protection. I see right here in this place. This is the move you've got. I see the move. And I see what I kind of I'm seeing with you what the move is trying to do. And so this is what you got. And this is what you're trying to do to make a different outcome here. But then when you try the move, here's what happens. Usually something that you still didn't want to happen or the thing you were trying to prevent ends up happening. Ugh, man, this is rough. That is a very therapeutic thing to do. And that's why even you said with Ryan, you know, you're, you don't see Ryan in the studio, but he makes this visceral reaction. The client, what, literally what the client is saying with that is, you got me. You put to language the thing I've not been able to clearly express to my partner. And when my partner criticizes me for this protection, it doesn't register. Like, it's hard for me to take it in because I'm literally trying to do something there's a, there's a, there is a, an attachment function to what I am trying to do. Thank you for seeing it and putting it out loud and into words for me. Clarifying, right? Exactly. And it's so tempting in that moment to want to give this person a solution. Some kind of simple psych ed, be more positive, be more vulnerable solution that someone really cool said. You know, some podcast or Brene Brown or <laughs> some awesome person like John Gottman. Don't do it. (laughs) If I give him a simple piece of advice to a complex stuck cycle, all I'm going to do is to set him up to fail. Embrace the tension of being with people in their protection. The, The solution will be what happens in our office with enactments. That will be the solution. It won't be 
you have this horrible attachment dilemma. You should try this because what's going to come across is you should try harder. And the partner's not ready for the shift anyway. So path one is not your time to give simple solutions. Yeah. This is not our time to teach communication techniques and other things. So overall, just remember, path one, you're going to get blocked. Mm -hmm. They should block you. If they don't block you in path one, they are clinically insane. Blocks are simply their body saying something's wrong. We're not quite ready. Something doesn't feel so safe right here. Honor that. Stay with it. And you're on the right path. So let's uh, take a quick break. Hey, I want to put a quick plug in for ICEFT. You may or may not be familiar with that organization, but ICEFT is the International Center for Excellence in Emotionally Focused Therapy. It's kind of our parent organization or the mothership, as we might say. This is Sue Johnson and her wonderful team of trainers, administrators who have been working since the mid 80s to bring about, um, sustain, and advance everything EFT around the world. As we say at our trainings, if you're just on a first date with EFT or just sort of uh, somewhat involved, maybe not, but if you really love EFT or EFT is your home, you should consider joining ICEF as an organization. That's the organization that organizes our trainings. Uh, it's a great website, ICEF.com. Their research page alone is worth a visit. You can keep up with what's going on all around the world. If there's a core skills in New Zealand, it'll be on that website. So a great opportunity to hear about our specialty trainings, addiction, uh, infidelity, um, EFIT, working with individuals. So consider checking out ICEF.com and maybe joining uh, the International Center for Excellence in Emotionally Focused Therapy. And so I, I like what you're saying here, Ryan, and I think this is important for you all to take. So sometimes let me speak on um, supervisors out there and trainers. When we get asked these questions, it can feel so frustrating to say, put it back into the cycle. But there's also a part what we're really saying here. It's hard to answer that, especially if we're not seeing the tape. But here's usually what I notice in these moments is if you truly trust the process, that being emotionally present with someone and that validating, that seeing and clarifying with the person. And staying there, you're not going to be able to move this with one or two sentences or one or two interventions. It's going to take some patience and trusting the process that if I truly say I see the function, I meet the attachment alarm that's signaling the saying, does anyone else see that this is not safe, that this is not working, that I'm afraid here? And if I can go meet that signal, I want to trust. And I, this is just me. I've sold out and believe this now. That maybe, uh, that's the higher, uh, I'll use one of our friends, Chad Imhoff, we want to have him on the podcast. That's going to be the higher percentage move for me to work that day than trying to talk them out of the thing that their body is saying is not safe. I'm going to work with their body. Their body's doing it for a good reason. And if I join their body and come alongside of it, it will begin to, hopefully at least, to release it. Yeah, reflect, organize, validate, point out the good function. And then all that block has met its function. So it, it will it will subside naturally. Yeah. And in that place of resonance, people can move forward. So right now in talking about these two paths, we definitely spent time here in this episode on path one, the protected path. And so we want to put a stick a pin in it here. And we're going to come back in the next episode. I really like that we're breaking this down. And we're going to come back. And we just clarified in this one. 
what that protected path looks like. What do you so you got on that? No, range? I just want to give one more point because you said okay. something a minute ago. I think it's worth clarifying. Go ahead. You know, you, people do get you're right. <laughs> That's a very good point, James. As usual, uh, people do get frustrated with us when we say put it in the cycle. That's almost like dismissive, mm -hmm. which is the opposite of what we're trying to do in EFT. So just this is a quick illustration of that. Just do one of Sue's uh, instructional videos from like 25 years ago. Hmm. You know, and I, I'm so sorry. I didn't know I was going to say this. I should have prepared. And we can look it up and put in the show notes. But one of the original training videos, Sue Johnson, her work is always incredible. I hope we're always coming across as promoting what she's doing. Uh, sometimes we just get excited. But anyway, she was working with this couple. I, back when I was on faculty at a university, I used this every semester. Hmm. This is before I was even EFT, by the way. Um, and so it was, it was a couple. And they were a sweet couple. The guy really, really liked closeness with his partner. And so instead of just going to his partner and, like, you know, holding their hand or something or saying, how you doing, uh, he would just sort of, like, joke with their part his partner over and over and over to the point where his partner would get annoyed with him and then, like, move away from him. And then he would get hurt. And then he would make fun of how overweight she is. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't laugh. It's not funny, you know, and and, and uh, I was like, ooh. So I'm just watching what Sue's going to do here. And so she just jumps in. That's definitely path one. And so she just tracks that, that hurtful commentary in the cycle. So she would just start with, you really want the connection. But then you see the trigger where she moves away. And this is what that means to you. And you're left feeling so X, Y, or Z. And that's when you make those comments about her weight. No, hang on, hang on. And she would just run the assembly or run temp by him five or six times. Only like the fifth or sixth time would he sit back and kind of laughs and goes, yeah, I guess I do that, don't I? Mm -hmm. And that's a way to sort of, if you will, confront someone. I got my hands up in air quotations. You want to confront someone in EFT is put the sort of bad behavior in a cycle and run it back in front of them over and over and over and over until they realize this is not how I really feel. This is not who I really am. This is my move when I'm hurting. And so by doing that, sometimes you can help a behavior like that go into extinction. And that's huge. You really have to believe that. I like that line of, this is not how I really feel. This is what I do in my protected stance because I don't usually have the words or the trust or the vulnerability to express it in a different way. Wow, that's awesome, y'all. Thank you once again for listening to The Leading Edge and Emotionally Focused Therapy. We'll see you next episode for some more on Path 2. We just want to take a minute and thank you for being a part of The Leading Edge podcast. We are really inspired and grateful when we hear from you in trainings or through social media about how this content is truly helping you push the leading edge of your learning and being able to apply emotionally focused couples therapy with your clients and some of you also in your own personal lives. And so at this moment, we just want to ask you to consider helping us out. Yeah, James, I appreciate you saying that. When we first started this, uh, we had no idea it would take off like it has. We get contacts from all over the world. So it's really cool to think that we're coming through your speakers in your devices or however you listen to us. And, uh, we appreciate that. It's really an honor. And like James is saying, we want to ask you to consider helping us make this sustainable. We've gone back and forth 
on how we want to handle money or, or if we want to involve that. But the reality is to make this sustainable, uh, we do need to do some things and make some investments. So we have a Venmo account. We would love to ask you to consider partnering with us and joining us to, to make this sustainable, to take this to other people who are trying to help others around the world and even the next generation of therapists. So you want to talk about how they can do that? Yeah, if you want to be a part and you can, to support us, you can go to on Venmo at LPC or on Cash App LPC with a dollar sign in the front. And in the subject line, just to help us know that you're a leading edge listener and you want to support us, please put leading edge or Here's a fun one we're doing. We're playing with Ryan. Put left in the comment line because you are part of the leading edge and emotionally focused therapy. There you go. So at Doc Hawk LPC. Yes, correct. Okay. All right. And I want to say one thing really, really quickly, you know, uh, depending on where you are in life, if you're living check to check, if, if money is tight for you and or if you're somewhere and you're really serving an underserved population, please do not give us money. We do not want your money. We won't take it. We'll send it back somehow uh, because that's not what this is about. But if you're at a place where you're doing okay or maybe even doing really well and uh, ideas from this podcast, if you use them professionally for which you re uh, receive fees for your services, consider partnering with us. We've had people who've donated $300 or $50, whatever it is for you. We trust that uh, our listeners are going to make the best decision for them. We just want to make this available for you. You're welcome to continue joining us if you don't give. Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com and you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Rayner Professional Training and on his website, ryanraynertraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at LPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com.